Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Doing well, man. Happy, well, for National Public Schools, at least, happy fall break. For anybody else? Yeah, my yeah. daughter's is next week. There you go. Either I hope you had a good fall break, or I hope you, in the future, have a good fall break. There we go. Cover all the bases. Cover all the timelines. Yes. York is currently in Chicago with his mom, and I will be here all week working in Ruth and Grayson will be going to Disneyland this week. So, good times head by all. Well, almost. Yeah, almost. Almost. But it'll be all right. Yeah. I'm very happy for him. I'm glad everybody's getting their opportunities to get a break from from the same old, same old. Yeah. But, always good. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, nothing. Not too much going on here. We had a pretty good week york and i finished or we had finished the mclaren center lego technics moved on to the ford mustang shelby gt it and did it in two days which really was like four hours because it is it was only like 544 pieces so it went by pretty quickly what's cool about it is that you can pull it back and then and then hit the switch thing and then it just shoots off and just Gone good. And you could use Lego has a augmented reality app that you can use with it for like drag racing. So you can see how much time like you set up the the track on your floor <clears throat> and then you just as soon as you hit go, you start the car and the time starts. Yeah. And then it just follows it. Boom. And then let you know how you did against other players. Like a ranking. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. That's cool. <clears throat> but yeah. So now we're going to move on to the Bugatti Bolite, I think. So we're going to see how that that one's 905 pieces, I think. So it'll take a little bit longer. Okay. And then we'll just move on from there and see what we have <laughs> what we have next. So right now we're working on shelf space on where to put everything. Right. That seems to be lacking at the moment. But other other than that, man, we're just rocking and rolling around here. Nice chill week. Cool. Everything's cool here. You know, last week got some news that wasn't so great, but not as bad. Not to go into it, but yeah. things are good. I'll just say that. Things are all right. I'm glad the weather's starting to finally cool off. You know, this weekend was pretty chilly. Perfect weather. But, uh, yeah, other than... <clears throat> Events that happened earlier in the week. It's been an alright week. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love that it's actually hoodie weather. So you know, myself along with York will wear hoodies, and it's actually appropriate weather for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Daughter was saying the same thing. Said now I can finally wear my hoodies, and it's cold. And it's actually cool. I'm like, yeah. She said. Then I said, I told her it's not quite chilly enough for me to wear my hoodie. Yeah. She's like, well, I wear mine all the time. Like, yeah, I know, I know. It's this, yeah, like, it's the shelf, the shelf thing. <laughs> I know it's weird, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's had it'll be in well. your uh, social media in 20 years. Yo, you remember when back, you remember back when, and then it's just a picture of that. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't believe that it's 80 degrees outside or 90 degrees. And I got the hoodie yeah. on. <laughs> yep. Like, why nah. do we do that? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> said very, very, very. I almost yes. passed out one time. Yep. I, I was keeping my hoodie yeah. on. Yep. But yeah, it was pretty funny. Yep. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's, uh, I guess we can get into it. Oh, no, I've talked about this already. So York and I have, are now on season three, by the way, of Attack on Titan. So we're slowly getting through it. We're yeah. making our way through, you know, now halfway through the series. So that's promising, I guess. Yeah. So How many I seasons? Still, I still enjoy it. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, y'all about y'all, y'all about, yeah. about through it all. Yeah. 
I think we're three or four episodes, I think, through the third season. I think there's like 25 or something. Yeah. Crazy. It's a pretty full season compared to the second one, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, still pretty good. A lot better than Chainsaw Man. That's not. I'll watch it with them, but it's not really for me. So I don't enjoy it as much. But yeah. Meanwhile, Grayson and I have been watching Casey Undercover, and that's been. It's not a bad show. It's definitely not a bad show. Um, but all I can keep thinking is that it's just it's a Mary J. Watson variant. <laughs> Casey Undercover. Yeah. It's not a bad show. Kadeem Hardison plays her dad, which I'm like, I wouldn't recognize him. And of course, Ruth's like, how can you not? I'm like, pretty simple. It's at least 20 years later, and he's not wearing his glasses. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I could, the more I see him on there, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously. It's a cute show, though. Oh, goodness. All right, now let's get into trailers for this week. So this week released the Netflix released the trailer for Leave the World Behind. Rated R with a runtime of two hours, 18 minutes. Says family drama based on the novel by Rahman Alam. It's basically, it looked like an apocalypse movie. Yeah. That's starring Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, and Kevin Bacon. So that's going to be coming out, it looks like December 7th is going to be when it drops on Netflix. So if you need another Armageddon movie, here you go. <laughs> yeah, it looks interesting. And then lastly, we have, we've kind of briefly talked about it, but we finally have an actual trailer trailer instead of the teaser trailer for Priscilla. Rated R with a runtime of one hour, 53 minutes. This is Sofia Coppola's biopic movie of Priscilla Presley. When teenage Priscilla Boulot meets Elvis Presley, the man who is already a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes Someone entirely unexpected in private moments. A thrilling crush in an ally or an alley in loneliness, a vulnerable best friend. So this one I know has was praised by Priscilla Presley, but is being criticized. I guess is a good way to word it by the Presley family, because obviously it probably does not paint a very good light on Elvis. So, but you know, well, that okay. will happen. You know, teenager meets an adult. So, right? Can't paint that any better. <laughs> yeah. Can't paint that in any kind of good light. <laughs> yeah. So, that's kind of thing. I mean, Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Lewis, same yep. thing. So, yeah. Definitely different times. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right, my friend. Well, that's all I got for trailers. Oddly enough, I will let you go ahead and take the take the reins on the first one here. All right. So this week I checked out The Exorcist Believer, which released October 6th, has a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes. And it's directed by David Gordon Green, who at the time I didn't realize was the one who directed all the Halloween remakes. Halloween, yep. Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. So I was like, all right. <laughs> He did. He did pretty good on the first two, even though the second one was kind of eh. Then the third one, yeah, yeah, dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah. Not not our favorite. Not our favorite. No. You know, you know, I saw they were trying to do. They just didn't set up enough for that. Yep. But um, anyway, this stars Leslie Odom Jr. and Dowd, Jennifer Nettles, Norbert, Leo Butts, Lydia Jewett, <clears throat> Olivia Markham, Ellen Burstein. And Tracy Graves. So when two girls disappear into the woods and return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, the father of one girl seeks out Chris McNeil, who's been forever altered by what happened to her daughter 50 years ago. So this movie starts like 13 years in the past with Leslie Odom Jr. and Tracy Graves playing Victor Fielden and Seren Fielden, husband and wife. They're enjoying their vacation or honeymoon in Haiti. Victor's a photographer. Seren is just enjoying the the market, getting approached by people to buy different things, which she's respectfully declining. 
But a little boy then guides her to this area where these older women are doing this ritual of protection because she's very much pregnant. So they do a kind of a, a voodoo protection spell to protect the baby. And, you know, she's pretty you know excited about that happening. Victor's not much of a believer, but, you know, he just kind of moves on from it. So back at the hotel, Serena's trying to relax while Victor's taking pictures. And then an earthquake hits. So she's trying to make her way out of the building along with everyone else. And right as she's getting to that lower stairwell, it, it crumbles and she falls. And then other parts of the building traps her underneath. Victor's approaching the building, sees everybody coming out, but doesn't see his wife. So he ro- runs in, sees her underneath the rubble, holds her hand. She's still kind of clinging on to life. But at the hospital, the doctors approach him and tell him that he has a difficult decision to make. They explain that any type of work that they do to try to save his wife will kill the baby. And then vice versa, if they try to save the baby, they'll kill the wife. You know, the wife will die. So he's got to make a decision. Who does he want to save, basically? Ooh, Sophie's choice. Right. (laughs) So we flash forward to present day, 13 years in the future, and Victor's living with his daughter, Angela. So we, we see what decision was made then. And they're just going about their day. He's getting her ready for school. She's rummaging around the house, finding some of her mom's belongings. She finds pictures, a picture of her while she's pregnant with her, and then a scarf, which she takes. So her dad notices the scarf and asks where she got it. She lies and says she bought it from a market after saving her money, but he now has it, you know, says, you know, it's, she basically, then she tells she found stuff of her mom that she just wants to keep it. Yeah. But he says that her mom's stuff, you know, it's precious. You know, he doesn't want anybody bothering. He's protective of her stuff. And she also asks whether or not she can go to her friend Catherine's house to study, which he's a bit reluctant, but eventually agrees to allow her to do just as long as she comes home by dinner. Yeah. So teenagers being teenagers, they have another plan. So they use another student as kind of a cover for them while they go into the woods while Angela performs this, I guess we'll just say ritual. So that's what's happening in this whole movie. So she can talk to her mom because she's been hearing her mom trying to speak to her. So she has a picture, they light a candle, and a necklace they use kind of like for hypnotism. And then, you know, they're doing that. Victor comes home, notices Angela's not there. She contacts Catherine's mother by way of a student directory because he's never met any of the other parents. So, but he knows, he knows the, the, her friend's name, so he looks up to mom. Mother tells him that she's at another friend's house, and so maybe they just lost track of time. So she calls that parent's mother, and neither, neither daughter's there. <laughs> so they try to do a little search party, and they find a backpack in the woods. They find their shoes. They go to the police, and for the next three days, they're just trying to find their kids, trying to figure out what happened. They kind of have some tension amongst themselves because, you know, Catherine's mom is like, I, I didn't know anything about my daughter having a friend. You know, like, I knew nothing of you. Victor's kind of saying, like, what kind of things is their daughter into? Maybe that led to them missing, you know, so they're basically pointing fingers at each other instead of focusing on we need to get our kids back. So three days later, the girls end up in somebody's barn, pretty much okay, not knowing what happened. Their feet and hands are kind of messed up. The nails are messed up, dirty, but the doctors clear them enough to go home. But each girl starts acting weird. Angela wakes up in the middle of the night while Victor's brushing his teeth. It's like she's sleepwalking. So he gets her back to bed, closes the door. Lights are flickering. Next thing you know, she pops up like in the trailer right behind him. It's like, what did you say? I didn't say anything. (laughs) So he's kind of, his reaction is kind of like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but all right, let's get you back to bed. She wakes up the next morning, having wet the bed while he's trying to get her cleaned up. She comes behind him with a scarf and yanks him down. This starts to have a seizure. Oh, dang. So it's like, all right, what's really going on? So they pretty much ended up putting her in a psych ward for that. Tries to find the parents for Catherine to figure out what's going on with their child. So she's been discharged from the hospital. They're trying to take care of her at home. And uh, she's having her own issues. They're at church. Like they show in the trailer, she starts talking about the body, the blood, and just you know, repeat yeah. that over and over and the parents take her. So Victor has a neighbor Anne, who first is presented kind of like a Karen. Cause she's getting on him about keeping his 
trash bins in the front yard so they're pulling it back forward since you know they don't need to be out right now right. but come to find out she's a nurse in the hospital where the daughters get sent to and also she was supposed to be a nun so some of the behavior she's seeing from them even though first she declines ever seeing it before she finally confesses and says yeah this is, does look familiar this is you know, I was supposed to be a nun, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And she tells him to seek out Chris McNeil because of what happened to her daughter. And so, first, he's not really believing it because everything that happened to his wife, he's just lost his faith. But everything he's been reading in the book that Anne gives him kind of checks out, you know, for their behavior. So he reaches out to Chris. And <clears throat> so from there, they decide to do their exorcism in his house and try to get this demon out of them but as they show in the trailer there he's faced with this both parents are faced with this decision like you got to choose one because you can't save them both and yeah type deal yeah. but then you know from there it's it's not as over the top like i think i haven't watched the full exorcist movie but i've seen clips but how reagan's acting in that movie they don't really go that far but they do things where they say things about secrets about each person's life to try to get into their, in their mind, in their head and whatnot. Yeah. So they can't focus on the exorcism. But I mean, it's a pretty decent movie. I didn't find it scary. Okay. I did. I did kind of laugh at some moments that I probably wasn't supposed to laugh at. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, I wish the Wayans were doing scary movie. <laughs> cause, right. I, I, Cause I saw some scenes in there would have been good to spoof. Yeah. You know, but, but overall I thought, I thought it was, huh? yeah, we can get to, I mean, they could bring yeah. it back. Just yeah. they could bring this Exorcist franchise back. Good lord, they could bring this bring scary movie back. I still yeah. love scary movie three. Yeah, they just have <clears> to <throat> give it back to the Wayans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whoever took over after that, because three is when it started really losing its steam, but it was still yeah. decent. But after that, yeah. But yeah, Exorcist the Believer Exorcist Believer I thought was okay. They probably could have trimmed about fifteen minutes off of it because it kind of drags a little bit. Mm. The girls being possessed i think they did pretty decent in their role everybody did with what they had did pretty decent in their role right but i just didn't you know i didn't think it was scary i thought it was good it's just not scary not too gotcha scary. yeah but if you're already planning on watching it go ahead and watch it and make your own mind up but uh um, yeah i just didn't find it scary i was hoping it would have been gotcha. scary but but the trailer did trailer, its job it was like, creepy enough to get my interest yeah it just it just wasn't scary <laughs> it just no payoff yeah, I, I mean, that was, yeah, it wasn't no no real jump scares. But one thing I'll say, I, so with them starting off with the story of Victor and his wife and his daughter, I felt like adding the friend into it maybe kind of took away from their story a little bit. Almost like they didn't want to commit to Angela and Victor's story, so they put Catherine in and her family to kind of maybe, I don't know. It's like they couldn't commit to Just, one story. Well, it seems like, too, when you have two people that are possessed at the same time, it does make it more difficult to focus on one specific because you're having to now split the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they, and the they, director's they, having to then make a choice, which family? <laughs> right. Now, and if they if they had started the movie where you get a little bit of Angela and Victor's backstory, Catherine, her family story, and then kind of have them parallel, then meet at the end, maybe it would have worked better. But, yeah. like, the big chunk of it is about Victor, his wife, what happens to them in Haiti, then 13 years later with him and Angela, then the girls disappear, come back, and then now you got two families, <laughs> and it's just, you know, of course, yeah. one of them you may not care about what happens, the other you might, you know, because you have to decide which one you're going to root for, because if it's if they have to make a decision, how's it going to turn out? <laughs> mm, don't know. Don't know. But gotcha. I just want it to be a little scarier, and gotcha. then maybe a little more focused with the story. Okay. Yeah. All right. I watched a terrifying movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I take that back. No, yesterday, Grayson and I went and saw the latest in the Paw Patrol movies. We saw Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Unleash your powers. <laughs> so a magical meteor. Oh, sorry. Rated PG, which is first. Oh. I think this is only the third Nickelodeon movie to be rated PG for an animated movie. Yeah, because their previous Paw Patrol movie was rated G. So watch out now. Oh, I can tell you why it's PG. But pushing those buttons. <laughs> yeah. 
It is rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 28 minutes. A magical meteor crash lands in Adventure City and gives the Paw Patrol pups superpowers, transforming them into the mighty pups. Puppy power. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Puppy puppy power. Yeah. Oh my God. Scrappy would have made a better villain. Actually, no. This, I take that back. No. So, starring the voice talents of McKenna Grace as Sky, Taraji P. Henson as Victoria Vance, a.k.a. I'm not a mad scientist. She winds up being a mad scientist. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Marci Martin as Liberty. Christian Cumbery as Chase. Ron Pardo as Captain Turbot. Lil Rail Howry as Sam Stringer. Kim Kardashian as Dolores. Chris Rock as Kitty. Serena Williams as Yoga Yvette. Alan Kim as Nano. Bryce Gonzalez as Tot Northwest. Yes, that nor- Northwest. Because mm. Kim Kardashian's in it. Plays Minnie. Saint West plays Meteor Man. James Marsden as Hank. Kristen Bell as Janet. And then the rest is the original cast f- from the show. So... This was written and directed by Carl Brunker, who also did the previous Paw Patrol movie. This is a direct sequel from the one that came out a couple years back that during COVID, when the theaters shut down, came straight to streaming, to which I had watched by myself, which was also kind of (laughs) weird. But watched by myself and actually enjoyed. Whereas the first movie kind of focused on Liberty, who was a new character, to the to the team or wanting to at least be on the team and then you know eventually through her through the story winds up at the end of course becoming a member of the paw patrol this one pretty much picks up where the first movie left off so there isn't much time in between but yeah the victoria vance plays a scientist who steals parts to basically she wants to there's supposed to be a media shower going on Mm-hmm. So she's using, she develops this machine that shoots some sort of energy thing, magnetic energy out to pull a meteor out of the sky. And when her machine breaks, she can't control it. And it lands directly in the middle of Adventure City, destroying the Paw Patrol Tower, which I find odd because the Paw Patrol Tower is odd placement because it's literally right in the middle of a main road. It'd be like, putting it in the middle of Times Square. And then there's like the roads go around the building. Like <laughs> it's like, like, the worst. like a circle in France, but they showed him John Wick. Oh like yeah. That. The triumph. Yeah. Oh, kind of kind, smack kind something like that. Yeah. Something kind of like that, but it's like not meant to be like a roundabout or anything. It's just, Hey, there's, we're just going to stick this ginormous building right in the middle here and have a ramp that comes down. Like who, do, who wouldn't try and drive up it? Yeah. Because you're going straight. Yeah. GTA, baby. (laughs) Yep. Right? (laughs) Anyways, besides the point, it doesn't matter because that building gets destroyed. Okay. They have to, Paw Patrol has to help evacuate because everybody's out to watch the meteor shower and whatnot. So they have to help get everybody inside buildings because the meteor's coming, crashing Mm -hmm. down. It destroys the tower. They come straight through and boom. Lands there. So Paw Patrol has to help. They've got this ginormous. I don't know where they. I want to know where they get their funding from. Right. Like if they've got like a Bruce Wayne that's helping fund this organization. Yeah. Because yeah, because whoever it is has got money and tech. But nonetheless, you don't question it because it's a kids. It's a kids movie. You just they have they have a no, silent partner. You pretty much shady went for that <laughs> movie. Gets exposed to the the uh, mockumentary on Paw Patrol. Yeah, we're just a documentary career trying to find following sure. the money to find out where the where sure, find out where the money comes from. <laughs> but yeah, it. Anyways, they have like this big like it looks like an aircraft carrier of sorts. So they have to go move their move their base of operations to that, and they also have these. I guess they're pretty much like interns. I guess you could say they're fans that want to be interns. They're like these three Pomeranians that want to someday become Paw Patrol part of the team. 
So they're like, they're watching and trying to learn, but they're not allowed to go on the missions and all that. They end up moving the meteor to the ship. And during the middle of the night, Sky wakes up hearing this noise or the lights flickering and everything wakes her up and and she, all the rest of the pups are asleep. So they she goes in there, sees this meteor just flashing, just boom, and she mistakenly puts not mistakenly, she puts her paw on it and then it kind of vibrates and then boom, there's like this big like EMP type thing in the ship and knocks all you know the power out and then it comes back on. Yeah. And then the meteorite basically cracks open. And then you see like these crystals inside that look like they're from the Fortress of Solitude or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the crystals magnetizes to her to her collar. Her little pup collar that and then she gets superpowers. Okay. And basically what the crystals do is they enhance like their whatever their specialty is mm-hmm. like with sky she flies so with that she can actually levitate and she's got strength she lifts a cargo container that's in the ship she lifts it up with one paw and all i hear to the right of me is shut up <laughs> <laughs> look over and grace is just like just she's it was like a shut up you can't be serious this, you know, she couldn't believe it. I was like, I was cracking up. I was like, oh my gosh. I love going to see movies with her because she's very, like, overdramatic. Yeah. Nine-year-old hanging around a bunch of, you know, kids her age, but also middle schoolers at gymnastics. So she's, like, learning all the different things. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that was just cracking me. She was just making just comments left and right about different things but that's the one that stood out because it was so loud and there were other kids in this audience yeah. that were talking to because they were but they were like half grayson's age they were like four <laughs> four or five grayson was probably the oldest kid in there other than me obviously but but yeah she just shut up <laughs> it's like it's like what in the world kid anyways so like with chase even though he's like the police person which hey look at that he didn't get canceled oh my god it's almost as if people make shit up just to get mad about something yeah chase did not get canceled cancel culture yep anyways so chase moves really fast because you know his name's chase let's see rubble becomes a wrecking ball like he just rolls up and can knock things over mm-hmm. marshall so you would think Marsha would have water powers because he's a firefighter. No, he has fire powers, which seems counterproductive. Yeah, he's a firefighter. You can't. Well, yeah, I get. I get. See, I get, see. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> it makes sense, but it also does not make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah should have been water. Zuma, who's the one that has like the the hover boat. Zuma can turn into water, but then pop back up and reform. I was like, I still don't think that's right. I'm trying to remember who else I'm on this in here. But yeah, it is. But yeah, I was like, okay. And then Liberty doesn't have any. She 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 doesn't know where her powers are. Like, okay. none of the crystals attached to her. So she's, you know, having a existential crisis of who, you know, of who she is and all that. Yeah. So they... So she ends up training the mini pups because, you know, Ryder's basically saying because she doesn't have her superpowers or whatever, she doesn't get to go on the missions now. I'm like, but she was allowed to go on them before? I was like, that seems shitty. <laughs> it's like a shitty thing to do to somebody. So she takes it. Yep. So basically, so Liberty takes it takes on herself to train up the mini pups, you know, the interns, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. to get them ready to become part of the team. And first it was, you know, it does like a training montage and all that. And and it's difficult at first, but they, they all stick with it. And then they become, you know, they get better and, you know, get really good at it. But riders still like, you know, they're supposed to have fun. They're like, okay, well, you guys quit. No, we're not going to, no, we don't quit. I'm like, 
It's like, okay. And she's like, just trying to prove like that. She, she does have a purpose, you know, and she's right. does, you know, have a power. But meanwhile, Victoria Vance gets thrown in prison or in jail. And her roommate is Humdinger, the mayor who got arrested in the previous movie. The Humdinger ends up saying, Hey, we, if I can, if we can get one of those crystals. We could break, you know, if we could break out, we can get one of those crystals and then we can take over city, blah, 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 you know, show those mm-hmm. power patrol people and all that. So they break out, they develop a plan to lure one of the Paw Patrol members. It turns out to be Sky. And Sky's focus, because the focus on the movie is on Sky and on Liberty. Liberty trying to find out who she is. Sky trying to prove that she can, that she could be a, a valuable member to the team, even though she's the smallest dog. Right. Is, you know, and that's kind of her thing is that she hasn't grown and that she's always small and that she can't really do anything because she's small, which, you know, it's which the fact that they keep putting her on the top bunk always. I'm like, bro, just switch. Yeah. But whatever. But nobody says it. Anyways. So she has she feels with these superpowers. Now she has something she has to prove even more so. Okay. So she's the one that gets suckered into it and then, you know, falls in the trap. Victoria Vance gets the crystal and then winds up getting everybody's crystals. And then she's going to bring all the meteors down onto the city. Okay. So, yeah. So they're all having to work as a team to try and fix all those things. So, and, but it's, some. it's good. Yep. And it's got, I mean, it's got a good message, you know, basically believing yourself you know, as Yoda would say, size matters not. Judge me by my size to you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically is kind of the gist of it in that, you know, you you can find out what your purpose is, just it just takes time. Right. And it may come and you may find out in and not in the way that you expect to find out. So just believe in yourself and you know and of course, you know, the whole teamwork and working together and all that. So it's, it's cute. And it's very, it's very vibrant. I was sitting here going, how is there not a 3d version of this? It would be so, I mean, the, the animation, the colors and everything were popping. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were pop in. It was beautiful. I mean, it was great to look at. And I just was like, I cannot believe this wasn't in 3d, but I guess Paramount may have just not done a 3d format, which is, Fine, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful to watch just to look at. Wow, it's very vibrant colors. We'll say that. So, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I I honestly still think I like the first one more because I don't think they needed the superpower things. But they do make a joke in the movie that with the superpowers, everything comes more merchandising, comes more, you know, more toys and merchandise. And then like the character looks at the camera. Yeah. And said, sorry, parents, you know, which I thought was funny. You know, it's like a little, you know, a little wink at the camera and the audience. So, because like, yeah, we know we get it. We know we get it. But hey, we're a business. (laughs) We got to find something. We got to sell toys. So anyways, that's Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. If you can make it to theaters, you know, and you're looking for some counter programming to take your kids to go see. You know, if you and if you want to do the Saw Patrol double feature, you know it's still available. <laughs> <laughs> terrorize your kids before you get terrorized yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm playing, but no, I, I enjoyed it. If not, it'll be on Paramount Plus, I'm sure, and by Christmas. Yeah, it should be. All right, let's see. So for my second, I went and watched When Evil Lurks. <clears throat> I didn't see much advertising or marketing for it. I just saw it yeah. listed in on the Regal app and caught a trailer for it, and it looked interesting. This also released on the 6th, a runtime of an hour and 39 minutes, directed by Damien uh, Rugna, and stars Ezekiel Rodriguez as Pedro, Damien Solomon as Jimmy, and Luis Zimbrowski 
I believe he plays Ruiz. So in a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. So this movie is also in Spanish, so subtitled. So gotcha. if you want to go watch it, make sure you're ready to read. Which is, it's not bad. They don't like, like some subtitle movies, they go through the dialogue so quick that the subtitles don't stay on the screen long. This one, yeah, not so much of a problem. But it starts off, and Pedro and Jimmy hear gunshots off in the distance. And even though initially they're going to go check it out, they decide to wait until morning to do so. You know, they decide to be smart about it. And so when they go investigate, they find one half of someone's body slice cleanly it's like clean first they try to blame it on like some type of animal but it's it's too finely of a cut for it to be done by an animal yeah then they find a strange mechanism and some paperwork on him that says he's a cleaner sent by the government other information in this notebook leads to the farmhouse of an elderly woman and her two sons pedro and jimmy go in and they discover a rotted and possessed body of the older son uriel and initially they think to just kill it straight away but they're reminded that if they kill it by way of gun that just would be the fastest way to spread whatever evil it has so this must be dealt with professionally they go to the police but the police don't take it serious they find out that they were found they, they were notified of this a year ago but the police didn't take it serious so they just decide to ignore it but also said that the government are the ones that handle these type of situations and their local police. They don't they don't get involved. So they go to the landowner, Ruiz, and explain to him what's going on. When he goes and investigates, he actually attempts to kill. But the demon, one, tells him to go ahead and kill him. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll possess your wife and that child that she has inside her right now. So and he's like, my wife's already been possessed. You can't tell me. <laughs> Trust me, she's pregnant. You can't get much more possessed than a pregnant woman. <laughs> that is true. Just saying. But, but Ruiz decides not to do it, goes out and sits in his car and just kind of tries to figure out what to do. So Jimmy and Pedro comes back with Ruiz's wife. She's begging, hoping that he didn't kill the, kill the person, but they discover he did not. So what they decide to do is to take the body far away to some other part like to the city or wherever, just three or four hours away, let it be their problem. But, and then along the way, they almost hit a boy. So in swerving, they miss him. But when they get to where they're planning on dumping, dumping the body, they discover the body's gone. So they figure that the body probably fell out when they were swerving to miss the boy. So they say, okay, we've done enough. Body's out. It's not in our town. So we're good. Pedro and Jimmy go back home. They're disturbed by what's going on because they know the the appearance of this possession, this demon, whatever, is going to be bad for the land. You know, it's going to spread the evil. It's going to corrupt the animals. It's going to make it very difficult to survive yeah. because the government eventually caused a lockdown, which they'll make everybody evacuate. So Pedro and Jimmy decide they just need to get away. Yeah. Ruiz is sitting with his wife, who goes outside and calls him out outside, and they discover that one of the goats could possibly be possessed, which they show this in the trailer. He fires a rifle in the air. All the goats scatter except for one. And he just has a stare down with his goat. Aims his rifle. His wife is protesting, said, don't do it. Because if you do so, then you'll be possessed and it'll just continue to spread. But the goat comes up to the gun, even puts the, the butt of the gun to his head, like, do it. I dare you. <laughs> and so Ruiz does it. And then his wife, to kind of prevent him from being possessed, kills him. Yeah. And to keep her okay. and the baby from being possessed, <laughs> she takes herself out with the axe. What? Like, over and over again, hitting herself in the face, and then she passes out. Damn. That, that's like the first of maybe two or three disturbing <laughs> scenes in this. <laughs> so I, I was sitting there, mouth kind of just dropped like, yeah. wow. Because <laughs> at first I thought maybe that happened because when he killed the goat, the demon possessed the wife to do it to kill him, but yeah. she was just doing it kind of like prevention of you didn't release this evil, so we're gonna be possessed either way. So I'm gonna take us both out, murder suicide. I would have just left. <laughs> it seems I, like an easier I way to do that. that. You're gonna kill that goat. All right, we'll be right back. 
Yeah, I think the message <laughs> here just just leave. <laughs> but you know, evil begins to spread. So Pedro wants to say he's got an ex-wife, has two kids by him by her, but she's remarried and has a daughter. So he has Jimmy drop her off at her house, which technically his house, but he works his way in, begins to disrobe because he needs clean clothes because he still got clothes yeah. from the night before. Right. And he happens to get just completely naked right as the wife enters the room with her child. <laughs> and so she goes off on us like, why are you here? Like, first of all, you're, you're going against the, that she, she's got a restraining order against him. You mm-hmm. can't be anywhere near her or the kids. And so she's just going off. So he tells him like, you know, we know we, we spotted a rotted possessed person in town. We need to leave. But she's not buying it. She thinks he's just creating this stuff to try to get close to his kids because he can't see them. But he does, the husband does get him clothes. He burns his clothes. And he tries convincing them again to leave because, no one, I'm not just here for my kids. I'm saying you need to leave too. We can all go together. Like, we got to go. But, and then this is another disturbing scene. Something happens. Not going to say. But long story short, he gets his two sons. They bail. And they go to his mom because Jimmy went to go find their mom so they can get out of town. And Jimmy says, I know someone that has experienced this before. She's she's a cleaner. She can she, she can help us out with this. So they go seek her out. And from there, things just keep getting crazier, crazier. I really this this is this is actually a horror movie. <laughs> like it's it's chilling, haunting. I don't want to like I, just, I gave that one scene with the goat because they, they pretty much show that in the trailer. Yeah. But um, there's a couple more scenes in this that are really kind of creepy. Yeah. Disturbing. Basically, like they say, if you kill whatever's possessed, it'll jump into the person that kills it if you don't do it the proper way. So, the, like, the few rules they have, can't kill it with a gun, don't use electricity, do not take anything that it's in its possession. So, like, if it has just anything that it owns and it's possessed, don't take possession of it yourself. A lot of rules that they just don't follow. <laughs> right. Because the don't big feed thing, it after midnight. Yeah. Don't don't if you have a <laughs> put in direct possess, sunlight. You have a possessed body that's in bed, not moving, just just leave. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Just like that that's that was their biggest mistake of moving the body. If they hadn't have done that, I mean things probably would have eventually happened, but it wouldn't have been as widespread. But yeah, it's I say compare this with the exorcist. This is the exorcist movie without an exorcist, essentially. Gotcha. So it does deal with with possession, demon possession, but better executed, lower rush runtime. Literally, and it's focused <laughs> on a, you know yeah. these characters trying to get out of the situation instead of having multiple. It's more focused than the first. Than there you the go. Exorcist. Yeah, but I'll say, but Exorcist mm-hmm. had a thirty million dollar budget, which you know they made. I think forty six million back so far. Okay, this Blumhouse, so they'll probably make that back easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this movie, not as much marketing. I think it's made a little over two hundred thousand, but you know it's gotcha. not. Probably budget probably wasn't much. Maybe yeah. a couple million, maybe. But yeah, if I were to suggest any movie, I would say go watch this. <laughs> Just be prepared to read subtitles, and if you want to be somewhat chilled, scared, disturbed, this is the movie that'll do it. <laughs> I don't have a good segue or even a smart ass comment, so I'm just going to go and do it. <laughs> so I watched a horror movie that I'd been so curious about after watching the trailer. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I watched The Mean One. I rented it. It was on VOD. So yep. I watched it on iTunes. This is the Grinch horror movie. If y'all remember seeing the trailer for it probably last year. And wondered when it was coming out. I think it did like a fathom screening to which I didn't make it to. It might have been out like a week, to be honest. I just never can make it out to it. Yeah, it's very limited release. Very. It's not even like rated. It's like 16 plus according to IMDb. (laughs) Dang. It's like, like, so we're not quite rated R, so we're kind of PG-13, but we kind of want it to be rated R. It's totally the line. It is. So it is rated 16 plus. <laughs> the runtime, one hour, 33 minutes. In a sleepy mountain town, Cindy's parents are murdered and her Christmas 
is stolen by a bloodthirsty green figure in a red Santa suit. This was directed by Stephen Lamorte and written by Flip and Finn Kobler. Flip Kobler is also starring in the movie as Lou. Now, these it's never referred to as the Grinch because I'm sure there's like copyright yeah. stuff going on. We don't have any like there is no like Whoville. It's called Newville. Yeah, no. Going to work on alliteration. <laughs> uh, David Howard Thornton plays the mean one. Crystal Martin plays Cindy. Chase Mullins plays Detective Burke. John Bigham plays Doc Zeus. Eric Baker plays Sheriff Hooper. Flip Cobra plays Lou. To get it, Cindy, Lou. Anyways, yeah, there you go. Amy Schumacher plays Mayor McBean. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so at the very beginning of the movie, it's, it has, and it has narration, much yeah. like a Dr. Seuss, you know, much like Dr. Seuss, or even just Ron Howard's, you know, movie about the Grinch. They have, like, that kind of little bit of a, this one, I don't think, I didn't really notice the rhyming, but it sounded kind of like that. And what, you know, that same kind of sing-songy kind of tone. Yeah. And... Yeah, it shows her and her family, you know, Cindy as a child, decorating for Christmas and everything, and then her weaving, and then you see just these flashes of the Grinch or the mean one. And then she, she lays eyes on him and can see the figure, and then the police show up and he's gone. Okay. So, of course, she draws a picture of the mean one, and... The police, of course, do not believe her, and she moves, you know, it's one of those, like, she moves away, and then after talking, you know, when she's grown adult, you know, she moves, she comes back, she comes back to try and make amends, I guess you could say, you know, with with her childhood trauma, and she's coming back, and it's, you know, nobody recognizes her, so, but meanwhile... There are killings still going on, but everyone's making them sound like accidents and stuff like that. No one has ever seen who the mean one is until they, you know, Lou, who is traveling with her, decorates for Christmas, you know, Christmas lights, Christmas tree, all that stuff. And then, of course, Lou ends up getting attacked and dies. So... The tone and the way this movie is shot reminds the best way I could word it is if, and I know a lot of it is budget constraints because you can only do so much with what kind of budget you have. So, it, yeah. you know, that really affects how movies are shot and what kind of cameras and things of that nature. So going into this fully aware of this, it's shot like, and I mean this in the, just to kind of give an idea of, so people can visualize in their head what kind of movie this is going to look like. It's shot like as if Lifetime was making a horror movie. And I don't mean that in any sort of negative way. It's just, again, just kind of paint a picture of what kind of how a movie is being shot. Yeah. It's still a horror movie there, but you're not seeing, it's not like big budget horror where they're trying to show you all kinds of gore and you know stuff like that. But they are going to be jump scares. There are going to be, Scenes where, I mean, the blood obviously looks fake. I mean, it's just, it looks like fake blood, which yeah. is, I don't care, but it obviously looks fake. So it, even if you're supposed to be grossed out, you're not going to be too grossed out because you can tell what it is. Dialogue's a little stale at times. Acting is, it has, you can, it gets some really good performances at times, but it's not like, I don't like think you're getting system. the best out of everybody. Yeah, it's kind of, but it's like it's not to. I mean, the per, the the actor David Howard Thornton that plays the mean one is, I mean, he's having the time of his life in this movie. Yeah, like he's doing great. Like I loved his. I mean, he was creepy as hell, and but yet, be like if I feel like he was trying to be part Jim Carrey Grinch, but also part Joker. 
that that makes sense. Like there's a mischievous and trying to have, like you could tell he's having fun, but yet slightly mischievous. But again, he doesn't talk. Okay. So it's he more his... roars like a he roars like a you know like a monster. Yeah. Okay. So he's not of this world, but he is wearing the Santa costume just like the Grinch did. But he's going around killing like the group of Santa impersonators to show up at his bar and he shows up and you know there's a scene. <laughs> we'll just say it is I enjoyed it for what it was, you know, mm-hmm. it is enjoyable, but you have to, when you start watching it, just know you're watching, you have to be in the mindset. Okay. I'm going to be watching this kind of movie. It's going to be kind of hokey, but it's going to be fun to watch still. And the way things play out, it wasn't the payoff I was expecting, but I was, I was like, okay, I see how we're, where we're going with this. I, kind of understand it but i also think there would have been an easier solution to the overall problem right okay but then we don't have a movie if that's the case at the same time we don't have a movie so but i did enjoy it i i really feel like i think this will i feel like this will probably wind up on like eminence on prime if i don't think it'd be it'll be hulu or amazon prime i don't see it coming to netflix but i think it'll come to prime it just seems like like it's that kind of, I guess, demographic. There we go. Okay. And so it would fit really well there. I think if it does become available, I would recommend it. I think people should watch it because it's just, it's not like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, where it's just straight horror. And even though, even, even though Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey doesn't show all the violence, it, it definitely looks more violent than this movie does. Okay. And the main one doesn't, they does, a better job at editing than I think winning the poop when honey did. I think the pacing's fine. I would have liked to like to seen more. I would have seen, liked to seen the characters a little more fleshed out, but I still enjoyed it. I would, I would rewatch it. Yeah. Like if it came to streaming, I would rewatch it for sure. I did find it enjoyable. The makeup they did for the main one was done really well. The costume as well. Excellent. Yeah. I, didn't dislike it. We'll we'll go with that. But I did enjoy it. It was enjoyable. Just not uberly, uberly violent. So which hey, I'm okay with that. And then lastly, also out on VOD, I think it's in select theaters. Just not in Nashville. I know we're not one of them, which is why I went ahead and caught on the VOD. I watched Monsters of California, which uh, came out this past Friday with a runtime of one hour, 50 minutes teenager Dallas Edwards and his derelict friends are on a quest for the meaning behind a series of mysterious paranormal events in Southern California. This was written and directed by blink 182's guitarist and returning member (laughs) now Tom DeLong. So of course I'm going to watch it because it's about aliens. And Tom, you know, help bring to light that aliens actually do, do in fact actually exist. He was the whole reason why the Senate had a whole bipartisan, like, hearing on it. Or I guess it was the House. The House did. Yeah. Had a whole, and, and no one, it was the, it's the only hearing I've watched in which both Democrats and Republicans both agreed that further investigation and further research needs to go into this matter. Like nobody bickered at each other. They all were actually on the same page. Tom DeLong, the secret ingredient. <laughs> Tom DeLong brought Congress on the same <laughs> on to agree on something. <laughs> it's really the end of the world. And <laughs> right. I know. Right. Well, you know, they didn't last long. At least yeah. lasted a hearing. So, you know, at least lasted a few hours. Anyway. So, yeah. So Dallas and his, Dallas's dad used to this, Southern California, San Diego area, and Sunita. Dallas's dad was in the military. You know, he never did could talk about what he did. Turns out he was in the military that was, I guess, exploring different uh, paranormal things, mainly like aliens and stuff. 
Well, at the beginning of the movie, it's Dallas and his bud, two buddies trying to go into this house that they believe is haunted. They got things rigged up. They're going to try and get it recorded that there's a ghost in there. And so comedy of errors happen and they kind of get a pic- decent picture. Okay. And since Dallas's dad's been missing for a time, they're not sure if he's dead. They just presume dead for a couple years now. Dallas's mom's fairly, it's pretty religious. Dallas is not. And how can you be if with, you know, these knowing these things are going on and knowing that dad is missing all this stuff. So he's not with all that. Dallas's mom is also dating again, and he's not cool with that. His sister is a little bit more on their mom's side of things. So it's, yeah, causing a little bit of a riff. Oh, excuse me. Before we get going here, Dallas is actually played by, excuse me, Jack Sampson. His buddy Riley is played by Jared Scott. And then finally, Jack Lancaster is played, plays Toe. And I forgot his theory of everything, theory of something. It stands for, it's an acronym, but they just call him Toe. He's kind of their pothead friend. So, you know. Casper Van Dien plays his uncle, plays Dallas's uncle, who's in the military and high-ranking member of it. Richard Kind plays Dr. Walker. So, yeah, it's interesting. So they come across some... Dallas's uncle is looking for some stuff that his dad, he thinks his dad kept. Okay. You know, some top secret stuff. And he's like, dude, we haven't seen it. We don't know where it's at, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, okay, well, if you come across it, you know, let me know. All right, cool. Well, sure enough, they end up coming across, they're digging through stuff and come across this folder that's marked top secret that has all kinds of stuff about UFOs, including like this device, which has a list of coordinates where supernatural things have happened. So they start embarking, embarking on this adventure, trying to find, because they think maybe they'll find his dad. Yeah. So... They don't find his dad, but they do come across a Bigfoot. And then there's a whole funny scene with Bigfoot. Like involving, like, they're going to go try and hide from Bigfoot in the tent. It's like, why the tent? And Toe goes, I don't know, maybe Big, I don't know, maybe scared of tents. (laughs) And so they all get in the tent. (laughs) Yeah. Checks out. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's it's you know there's there's a lot of humor in this. There's a lot of profanity too. It, it this movie remind there's a lot of this movie that reminds me of like old like the 80s like teen movies growing up mm-hmm. or movies like Goonies, Ruskies, stuff like that where a group of kids get to hell even Brad Patrol to an extent. If anybody remembers that movie. You're officially ill. Take your vitamins. <laughs> Anyways, they, you know, we're, they have to work together to find, you know, and solve a mystery. Yeah. This movie is just, there's so much profanity. It makes it harder for me to, well, Grayson wouldn't want to watch it anyways. York might enjoy it. And he's kind of used to seeing those type of movies already. In fact, I know York would probably like this. But, you know, for people that aren't quite there yet, as far as the language thing, it's going to be a little bit harder. This might be a 16 and up movie, <laughs> a 16 plus movie. Yeah. Or at least a 14 or 15 plus, but it, it you know, and then you get to them trying to find aliens and, you know, find out if there are answers or not and find, trying to find out answers about his dad. It's actually shot really well. The lighting's done. I, I really enjoyed the way they, you know, the light, they light the scenes. It shows Tom actually has a, you know, he has a point of view and on a lot of things. I do feel like, I think if there's anything for me to, the only negative thing, I guess, you know, to point out a negative thing is that I feel like the religion topic is more almost, I don't want to say forced in there. I don't think it's needed, but I feel like he has something he wants to talk about as far as religion. And so he puts this 
monologue about it. It's it's not really a monologue, but they put the scene. We'll just say they put a scene in order for him to talk about religion. And I don't think it's really necessary to move the story forward, but I feel like he's like, this might be my only chance. So I'm putting this in here, yeah, which is fine. And I, it, it's just, I, I just didn't think that part was really necessary for the movie. And it kind of comes back a little bit later, but again, it doesn't, I don't really feel it's necessary other than to just point out that we, you know, he makes a point to basically say it's hard. It's like, I don't understand why you find it so hard for me to believe in the paranormal and aliens and things like that. When you want to believe about a person in a book who is the creator of all things, when there's billions of galaxies out there, but yet we're the one planet. (laughs) So in that's kind of his you know, we should just be good to everybody, no matter what the religion is. And I think it's kind of the basis for it because we really don't with, you know, the evidence that's been provided as far, you know, from a science perspective. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So I get that, but I don't in the movie about whether or not aliens are real or any of the other cryptids and paranormal things. It doesn't seem like it to me. It fits. Okay. But I did enjoy this movie. I would definitely rewatch it for sure. Actually, surprisingly, enjoy. Like I was kind of a bit surprised. But yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. So, anyways, that's Monsters of California. You can find that iTunes and Prime Video to rent. That's all I got there. This week we've only got the one. The horror movie. No, I'm just kidding. Not horror movie. No, for everybody that couldn't pay the ridiculous prices to see Taylor Swift and the Eras tour, you can now pay whatever the ticket price is to go yeah. watch it in theater. I wonder if it's going to be an IMAX. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would make sense for it to be. Yeah. Should be. Shoot, big screen, loud. Whew. Yeah. I mean,. There's nothing at least really RPX, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing really coming out this week, so no. we could, or at least share no. the share the screen right. time. Yeah, I think the, oh, they're definitely going to make a killing if they put in an IMAX. Not uh, not make make a killing, anyways. It will be at Opry Mills IMAX. There you go. And, and then next, okay. And then October twentieth, we have Killers of the Flower Moon, and then October twenty seventh, Five Nights at Freddy's. All right, coming along. Yep, there we go. There we go. And that Killers of the Flower Moon, that three hours and thirty minute movie. Oof, that's that should be one they should have intermission for. Yes, but I doubt it. I doubt it too. It did remember the good old days and Titanic was like almost three hours, and they still put in intermission. <laughs> see, I never see. I I, I mentioned that runtime to people. Say, so, yeah, they used to have intermission, like. Well, I never went to a movie that had intermission, so that's a little before my time, or I just didn't see a movie long enough yep. where they needed yep. it. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard I've heard of intermissions yep. existing. Yep. I went to Titanic had one. I was like, I remember that. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's just about thirty minutes more than Endgame, so yep, doable. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> mind you're eating and drinking beforehand yes or wait till it comes on apple tv and then you just yeah. watch it at home yeah so they say no one knows we'll apple tv yeah well it's later november 10th you know like november 10th oh, or something later. like that yeah i probably would have watched it by then <laughs> yeah november 10th yeah so you know just three weeks yeah but you know gotta get in the theater so then get the oscar knobs true that's the Oscar cheat code. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, but we'll probably both go see it in the theater. More than likely. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. Because there's nothing else coming out, so might as well. But, yep. All right, friends. Well, I believe that is all we have. And got anything else, Patrick? No, I have nothing, nothing else. I'm just looking to see what the actual show times are for that movie, but... Okay. It'll be an IMAX 2, but 
nothing that I can try to see before, after work. I had to go probably like a Saturday gotcha. morning. Yeah. 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 You'd be best to go Saturday morning yeah. and not after work. <laughs> True. Yeah, because uh, Oppenheimer was a, was, uh, a, was a stretch going after work. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Alrighty, friends. Everyone have an amazing week. Don't forget this Friday. This Friday the 13th, so try not to go camping. Stay away from people wearing hockey masks. At least 80s hockey masks for that. True. Now, the, newer, the new ones aren't as scary. No. <laughs> no I need, need one that's a little, little rugged, dirty, been through some things. Yep. With a yep. nice little mark on the side that's been through some action. Been through some things. Yep. Yeah. Well, just remember, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> My favorite quotes from The Office. All right, everybody, have an amazing week and happy early birthday to my wife, whose birthday is actually Friday the 13th this week. Happy early birthday. This year. Y'all. All righty, we'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.